0: Hey there Astros, fans of town Wheelhouse, and we're here with another edition of Locked on Astros. We're going to talk about, can Jose Altuve reach 3,000 hits? Can he match Craig Biggio or go beyond that? Also, what is going on with the utility player that we're looking for? Who's the new Elevniz Diaz and some league around the news? So, hang on, and let's hang out and talk about Astros baseball. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Veer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner,
1: fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker, this time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros,
0: your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H. Town Wheelhouse Chansey.
1: We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric EricTalkStrohs. Find the show at Locked on Astros. Your team every day. Brett, where can I find you at? They can find me at h Wheelhouse
0: on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram,
1: and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs today's episode is brought to you by bet online. Bet online has you cover this season with more props odds and lines than ever before. Bet online it's where the game starts And speaking of where your day starts, why don't you make your day starts with the locked on Astros podcast? Just listen to it on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast, check out the locked on Astros podcast and while you're at work, if you want to go ahead and watch us on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to us and give us a big fat thumbs up as well. And we would really appreciate that. We're trying to reach the, what, um, magic magical uh, 3,000 number or 2,000 number, whatever number we're trying to reach. Let's help us get there. and. The Astros are a great team. So let's just go and keep on talking about the Astros all um, offseason. And uh, yeah, there's a lot for us to discuss. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Jose Altuve today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, who's going to be the utility. Um, the I guess the super utility guy for the Astros. Is it David Hensley? Is it going to be somebody that's not on the team right now? So a lot to discuss. But I know a lot of people have early in Jose Altuve's career, kind of compared Altuve and Craig Biggio. And we all kind of cautioned him, well, let's wait. It's a little early in his career to kind of compare those two because Craig Biggio played a lot of years and he racked up a lot of hits. But is it now safe to say that potentially Altuve could reach some of the levels that Craig Biggio did?
0: Yeah, I think it's a valid question, Eric. I think that a lot of people, speculating like myself, early on. I mean, if I'm a part of this thing called the Astros cult, I'm definitely going to believe that Jose Altuve is in line for three thousand hits. Um, so what what I want to do is I want to look at the hard numbers right now. Um, I I made this graphic, and if you're listening, you'll have to go to the YouTube channel and watch. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna regurgitate every single number on here but you've got to look at a a contrast here craig Biggio at this point this is after 12 seasons has had 1699 games that he played altuve's played 1578 what that means is altuve essentially has around 500 at bats or plate appearances less um about 70 something at bats less. And right now he's at 1935 hits. Where Craig Biggio at this point in his career is at 1868. And of course, if you go down their numbers, Biggio has more doubles, he has more triples. Jose Altuve has more home runs. RBIs and base on balls, that belongs to Biggio. The career average at 307 belongs to Jose Altuve. Slugging percentage Altuve, OPS, and OPS Plus, Altuve reigns in those. But in war and O war, Biggio beats Jose Altuve by eight to ten points in those in those areas. So Eric, let's let's talk about this. Jose Altuve has nineteen hundred and thirty five hits. Uh-huh. If you take out his twenty eleven season where he only had like like forty like um 60, 64 games, and then his twenty twenty season where only had forty eight games. Thank you, COVID. He, he's averaging one hundred and eighty three hits per season. Now, he's 32 and eight months right now, right now as we speak, on January 8th. So he's going to have to play seven to eight years. I really think, if I'm looking at Jose Altuve as a model of consistency, that this is a very doable goal because he's the type of guy, Eric, that even if he turned 40 and was 20 hits away or 100 hits away, he would play another season to get those 3,000 hits.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't show any signs of – I know that there's concerns about his knees, but if you look last year, he upped his stolen bases to 18. And so it looks like his speed is coming back, so he's um, getting some uh, pep in his step, so to speak. And I think that he's going to play for a long time. And of all the players the Astros have, I see him being long time with the Astros. And I don't see him going anywhere else just like Biggio did. I don't know if Bregman will be the wall in this situation and play the entire career with Altuve, but uh, we'll see what happens in that situation. But I think that uh, Biggio and Altuve are always going to be compared, not only for their positions. I know that you had uh, that Biggio started as a catcher and then they moved him to kind of save his legs and um, may- allow him to steal more bases. But if you had to compare the two, I know you didn't put it up there, but Altuve, I mean, uh, Biggio stole a lot more bases. He had more right. doubles. He had more triples. And so th- uh, that's something that he had that was a little bit better than Altuve. But Altuve, uh, for some reason, with uh, his little stature, is he's able to hit the home runs. And that's what's so glorious about what Altuve does. And he wasn't supposed to be a home run hitter, but he developed into a home run hitter. And at times, it's kind of hurt him in terms of batting average, but uh, he's found a way to kind of balance the ability to hit for power and also hit for batting average. We saw him last year with a 300 batting average. So he is a great hitter, and I think he's going to go down as one of the best hitters in Astros franchise history.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I love that you mentioned the the home run thing, Eric, because he said that he had he had gotten away from his swing, and I, and I think this makes the case for Altuve getting to 3,000 because he's gone away from, like, he understands the importance of a home run, but he also understands the importance of getting on base. And you know what, Eric, with this lineup and with adding Abreu and with having Brantley back, there's not going to be as much pressure for him to hit the long ball, right? You're going to have more people in this lineup. The lineup's extended further down, and he's projected – to get between 154 and 165 hits. I think he'd get get between 170 and 185 in this lineup. I really think that's, that's feasible. And so he basically, if he were to get, let's say he averages 160 home runs. I mean, not home runs, 160 hits per year. And maybe his home run numbers go down a little bit. He still is a very good power hitter. The guy works on his core. The guy's workout regimen is, is insane. And that small, compact body, when, when your core is intact, that provides a lot of the power. That's where he gets that power. I mean, look, he grew up in Venezuela hitting bottle caps with a broomstick. Right. And every time he had a chance to go play baseball, he was playing baseball And, kids, if there's a moral to this story, it is that hard work pays off. Both him and Biggio were grinders, were scrappy players, and I love when I see Altuve dirty because it reminds me of Biggio's jerseys. He never had a clean helmet. He never had a clean jersey. If he had a clean jersey, he was probably sitting the bench that day. But I think with this team, Eric, who they have now, and hopefully they can continue to sign players and keep a good, solid team around him – he has a much better chance of doing this and making it to 3000 than I think just about anybody else in his position because of what's around him. And he's a team player. So he's not just going to hit for the home runs. He knows what the contact is. And look, both BGO and Bagwell, they are both one and one A. I, I, I mean, BGO and and BGO and actually they are are one and one A. Bagwell is in there with them. These are the three greatest Astros of all time. Okay. Bagwell and BGO are your first two hall of famers. Okay. And I, what,
1: why are you pounding your fist? That was my favorite Bagwell. player. So yeah, you're going to, okay. you, well, you just, I'm giving, just no, I'm giving words. No, I'm going to bet California. on Jeff Bagwell any day of the week, just like you need to go to bet online. And this episode is brought to you by bet online. Yeah, bet Online is your number one source for sports betting, stats,
0: news, and analysis. If you want to bet that Jose Altuve will get to 3,000 hits or actually by what game will he get to his 2,000th hit because that is right around the corner. Or look, the NFL playoffs are about to begin and all the seeding is decided and now we know what's going to happen. So are you picking the Bills or the Chiefs? Who are you, are you looking for? A dark horse to come out of nowhere and, you know, someone who squeaked into the playoffs Are the bangles going to go back as Joe Burrow. Look, whatever it is, whether it's professional or amateur leagues, bet online has it all. You need to go there, especially if you love sports podcasts, you can get it all at bet online. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. To learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts.
1: All right. So, guys, thank you for ma- making the Locked On Astros podcast your first listen. Go check out the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, but make sure you continue listening to the Locked On Astros podcast. So, I do want to, I don't know if I can f- find that, but Astro. Wolf Craig uh, brings up the fact that the Astrodome was more designed for doubles and triples. So that's where that, that's what happened with Craig Biggio. And while uh minute Maid park is more designed for home runs and yes. Wait, was- are
0: you saying that the Astrodome, they have an advantage hitting home runs in the minute made park or the Astrodome? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. The Astrodome, you know, Eric, it was amazing when guys like Cruz or Davis could hit 20, 25 home. I mean, that home stadium was a hitter's ballpark. And I forgot about how cavernous that outfield was. Right. It was an absolute sprint. It was like a hundred yard sprint just to get to, uh, you know, a fly ball or a line drive. Cause once that ball hit that turf, it just kept spinning. So that's actually an, an excellent pickup. And, but look, regardless, okay. Jose Altuve, I think is definitely on a course. And just, just so I can make amends with you, I wasn't putting Bagwell down. I just think that Biggio and Altuve will, I think Altuve will launch himself into one of the top two. Bagwell will probably remain there until Altuve becomes a Hall of Famer, like the other two. But Bagwell was the second Hall of Fame Astro, and Biggio was the first. And so Biggio and Bagwell, in their own regards, were some of the greatest to what they do, whether it was first base, catcher, second base, or outfield. What a blessing it is to have these guys on our team. And now Altuve. I mean, you know, Eric, and we're talking about this stuff, and we've lost Springer, we've lost Correa, we've lost Verlander, we've lost Cole, we've lost Keuchel. And we're still talking about this great team. We lost a Diaz. So, Eric, what?
1: What? Ledmus Diaz, real? All right. All <clears> right. <throat> Are you ready? I'm looking at baseball reference and the all-time top 24 Astros players. Okay. Number one, Jeff Bagwell with his okay. career 79.9 war. There you Craig go. Greg okay. number two, with a 65.5 war. <laughs> um, hey. I'm not a math teacher. Wait, I am. That's a pretty big difference. And Biggio played a lot more seasons than Bagwell did. So okay, no, so I so no. Hey, I was just telling
0: you who I thought that the top two Astros will be at the end of Altuve's career. I think it will be Biggio and Altuve. Now, I didn't say let's go look at their war. Now, yes, if you look at their war, Bagwell is clearly a more valuable player in that in that metric. Okay, um, but but all I'm saying is. Look, Altuve's career is going to be second to none when he's done. But you're right. Bagwell, really one of the top first basemen to ever play the game, one of the top hitters to ever strap on um, a helmet in the Nationals uniform. And so, yeah, it is, trust me, it is no disrespect meant, meant towards Bagwell. But if we're going off of Warren statistics, yeah, Bagwell would be your top guy.
1: Okay. Who's number
0: three? Number three, I have no clue because I'm not looking at the Jose list. I'll Cruz. be real honest. With you.
1: With okay. a 51.4 war. Number okay. four, he played center field. It's not Billy. It's not um, Brian. George Hunter. Springer? No. It's uh, Cesar Cedeno with a 49.6 war. Number five, played first base and tried to play center field and uh, did a butt plant uh, catching a ball in center field on a hill.
0: Are you talking about Lance Berkman? Yeah.
1: He had a forty-eight point one WAR, and number six right now is forty-six point five. Jose Altuve.
0: And okay. Well, yeah, because he's not even right, doing his career yet, and he's right. gonna he's gonna accumulate more WAR by by the end of his career. That's an
1: accumulative
0: number. Right. Um, you, you know
1: who number seven is? This is interesting. I, I don't. Roy Oswalt with a forty-six point one.
0: Yeah, Roy Oswalt was a stud. That right. dude was a horse. I love that dude could
1: shove. Right. So, yeah, uh, then you have, I'm not going to read all their th- stats, but you have uh, Jimmy Wynn, then you have Carlos Correa, uh, Larry Durker, uh, Joe Morgan, Alex Bregman, uh, Billy Doran. Then you have Terry Poole, George Springer, Don Wilson, Mike Scott, Bob Watson, some guy named Nolan Ryan, if he was any good. Uh, Joe Necro. I'm kidding by the way, guys. j.r. Richard, uh, Justin Verlander, and then Shane Reynolds and Glenn Davis. Shane Reynolds at he was like one of my favorite pitchers and it's like, how is he so far down this list but I, I don't think he played that long. so well, yeah,
0: I think that has to do with how much you got in the game, how much you how much you contributed. It's not like whether you were a quality major leaguer or not those war numbers are accumulated by how long you play, how much you play and what what you give to the game. So um, but look, at the end of the day, this franchise, I think in a lot of in a lot of baseball minds is somewhat underrated and underappreciated. Right. I mean, when you talk about guys like Bob Watson and Terry Poole and Larry Durker, those aren't names that come up outside of baseball circles. Like, your casual baseball fan's not going to talk about how great Terry Poole was or how great Adam Everett was defensively. I mean, Adam Everett was probably, I would say, him and Craig Reynolds are the top two defensive shortstops that we've had up until this period, right. up until your, your dawn of Correa and now Pena. And those are guys that don't get a lot of, you know, media or a lot of hype. But speaking of that, you know, we we do have – Oh, Brett Wallace ranks right there with John Singleton. I'm joking. Um I don't Brett think Wallace. he's not
1: even on the list. I think he's no, probably he's got a career two something worse. We're not even going to speculate that. But <laughs> yeah. what I want to know, Eric, is
0: what are the Astros going to do with this utility? Are they going to go in-house? Is David Hensley our guy? I I want David Hensley to be the guy. Right. He's 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 my guy. That's my guy right there, David Hensley, six foot seven. The Duke can play all over. Look at him taking grounders at shortstop. What a freaking stud. I mean, is it gonna be Mauricio DuBon, who did not move on to New York um, because he was Justin Verlander's um, personal center fielder? Oh, it took me a second Look to realize him.
1: where you're going with that.
0: <laughs> Look at him. Look at him playing the infield like a just like a pro. Okay. Um or is it gonna be a free agent guy? Is it going to be someone like um, Jonathan VR, um, who they just showed catching a screaming ground ball at third base and gunning down Trey Mancini when he was with the Orioles, or is it going to be Jurickson Profar? This dude can play outfield and infield, and I don't know that I went and got my Yuli picture. Or is it going to be Yuli Gurriel? And I didn't get. Oh, there he is. Yes, is it going to be Yuli Gurriel? And I know if I'm going to be in this Astros cult, I've got to probably fight for Uli Guriel to be resigned. But in all seriousness, I personally like David Hensley as my top choice. I, I just, I mean, look at what he did. Right. I mean, you know, hits in the, hits in the world series. He was like 10 for 36. I mean, the guy, the guy had, had a, he had a, a really good year and he, and he was a rookie. he, he contributed. And 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 so that's a guy that I want to see in there. Um, what does it say? They they start with Hensley and go shopping midseason if needed. Yes, but who's gonna be there midseason? And Jerks and Profar, I was looking at his value, and his value is like 16, and they say he's gonna be, he's gonna want a contract for like six years, he's 30. I don't know if you're definitely not going to give him a six-year contract, right? Because he he hasn't been great at the plate. But I don't, what are your thoughts, Eric? Do you think there's a possibility Yuli comes back? Cause I know people love Yuli. I know I don't love Yuli as a utility guy. But what do you think?
1: I think as long as he remains unsigned and the Astros have some wiggle room underneath the luxury tax threshold, there's always an option. Uh, before I continue, there's been a little discussion about Ledmis Diaz, and he wasn't a big, he was a big loss, or he wasn't a big loss, um, <laughs> guys. He went and played with the A's. If um, if he was a hot commodity some other team would have gone and gotten him and, but he's playing with the last place A's. Um, Yeah. Last year he batted 243. He did have 12 home runs, but he didn't really show up in the playoffs that much. And um, I just think that he can't stay healthy. And when he's on, he's on, he did carry the Astros for a little bit stretch when, um, when they were struggling a little bit, but you just can't count on him being healthy and productive. And so I, the Astros could have spent money on Ole Ds or they could have looked or spent their money on uh, David Hensley. And I think that w- what we, we're going to see is David Hensley get the shot because we saw how much Dusty Baker valued him by him getting some postseason starts. And you want to see what this kid can do. And then you, you also have Pedro León. What if he... Has a hot spring training. He does know how to play shortstop. Yeah. He does know how to play um, center field. I'm sure he could play the other um, the other uh, outfield positions too. He, so if he has a hot spring training, that could be something as well. So um, yeah, there's many options. Jerkson Profar is a guy that's still out there, I believe, unless he's been signed. But has that been signed. Um, Villar, I don't think with the butt slide and everything he represents a <laughs> hold bad on. What is a, hold on what is hold on what does a butt slide have to do with his no it represents play? a bad the bad error of Astros baseball well that's true but and you don't right. want to bring that I shouldn't say this but that stain back to Houston and it's just like it, it that slide was just the just the epitome of that error did, he had well guy.
0: he he has he has worn seven uniforms. Um his slash line is two fifty-five, three twenty-two, three ninety-seven. Not not great, but not horrible. Okay. Um, but I think the reason why he's mentioned out there is obviously he's out there. Right. Um, but let me let me correct myself. David Hensley was actually 10 for 29 with two doubles, a triple, and a homer, and he had two hits in the World Series. So he does have that. And we will be having Rafael Pena, who is the hitting instructor for the Dominican Summer League on Tuesday night. Um, He was with Sugar Land this last year in AAA. And so he's going to give us some insight on Leon. Um, He's going to talk to us about Dearden because, you know, he's there. uh, And, and, you know, he'll talk to us about Hensley because he coached Hensley as well. So it's just just one of those things where um, David Hensley, for me, is the guy they go into spring training with. And Paige Lillion is the dark horse and he can win some favoritism. And I don't know that he necessarily needs more at bats in AAA. He just needs successful at bats in spring training because we know the arm is there. We know the defense is there. We know the pop is there, but it's not just about pop. It's about getting on base. And if you're striking out, someone can't drive you in. You can't be a strikeout or home run guy necessarily in this lineup for that to work. Cause we don't really have any of those guys in our lineup. Um, we don't have a Chris Carter anymore, you know, like back in the day, um, that dude could hit the ball a ton, but man, he struck out like Ron Howard's great uncle. I mean, he just was, he was, he was not good.
1: I'm sure that um, Chris Carter, as he's running around the bases after he hit a home run could probably have a built bar or two. And I'd uh, just be like, yeah, I hit a home run. Give me a built bar. And so this episode is brought to you by built bar. That's right. Looking for a
0: delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to get a built bar. That's right. We just got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise the taste. Well, that's okay because I've got the I've got the bar for you with built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, it's so delicious that you won't even know that they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. They're so good, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Unbelievably amazing flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Built does it. They do it to where it basically, it tricks you into thinking you're eating a candy bar. And listen to these macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. That's right. Now, instead of me telling you to go to Built.com to order, in waiting for your box, which you can still do, you can now go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So right now, head to your closest Walmart today and walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Go grab a Built Bar. They're the best bar in the biz.
1: All right. So, um, I know we do this every week and the hall of fame, um, announcement, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when it is, but it's coming up, but Billy Wagner with, uh, 32.7% of the ballots known he is at 71.3%. I know that's, that's looking a little favorable, but there's still 205 votes out there that he needs. So, um, I know he's gained some, but uh, hopefully he still has a lot more people voting for him. You have Todd Helton sitting at about 79.1 and Scott Rowland at 80.6. So it looks like as they sit right now, and Andrew Jones is kind of close as well. He's at 69.8. So those are the, I guess, Gary Sheffield in his ninth season is at 68.2. So uh, that's something to kind of um, just monitor as the voting goes on.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's sad, but I'm not going to hold my breath on the Billy Wagner thing. When I see guys like John Heyman put out ballots the way they do with Jimmy Rollins um, and the, the two or three other guys he put on there, Andrew Jones, and I forget the other guy, only voted for three people, couldn't even put Wagner. I, I think he put Kent on there. Um, so, you know, look. The Hall of Fame thing, the more I think about it, Eric, I wish I knew less about it than I do now, because now it just makes me frustrated. Now it just bothers me. Like, I just want to get to the announcement of who's going in. I like if it's if it's done by secret ballot. Right. But then they turn it in. It's not secret ballot. Like, why are they revealing all these ballots? Why don't they just let the guys vote and just go in there? I think Billy Wagner, again, I've said on the show, he is worthy of the Hall of Fame but I'm telling you what's holding them back from the writer's perspective is his really high ERA and lack of effectiveness in playoff situations. That is just the facts. And that's why people are holding him back. It's not that he wasn't a great closer. It's not that he wasn't dominant. It's not that he didn't go out there and put the fear of God into hitters. It was just that when he got to the playoffs and for some people that playoff thing, that ring thing, those things play a factor. And maybe there needs to be more statistical analysis and players getting in than opinion. Right. Because if you tick off the wrong writers, you ain't getting in no matter how good you are, AKA Barry Bonds. So, and I know he was tied to Balco and stuff, but that was probably Barry Bonds is probably one of the greatest hitters of all time. Eric, he's that good, but you know, look, he, he here's the deal. We're talking about what?
1: Hey, uh, before you do, um, I'm going to call one or two people out that voted. Juan Vinay,
0: he okay. voted
1: for zero people. He I literally turned in a ballot with zero people. And Steve Wine actually voted for one person, and that one person was Carlos Beltran. And that's one of the most controversial people you can vote for. Yes, he had a hall of oh, career, wow. but wasn't he part of the – big scandal. So it's just like, and then you have a couple anonymous people that well, one person that voted for zero and then one person that voted for one. So it's just like, yeah, it's just like it's it's a whole crock of you know what. And so so hey Eric, you know, real quick, I
0: wanna um I wanna address this really quick and give it like a little 60 second reaction to asking about what it's gonna take for Kyle Tucker. And then I, I, I think we need to mention something about Liam Hendricks. That's in the news. Um, You know, James asked what, you know, asked me what I think it's going to take to re-sign Tucker. I personally think it's going to take an eight to 10 year deal. And if it's not an eight to 10 year deal, it's going to be a six, it's going to be a six to seven year deal. That is really high AAV that you're going to have to buy out those last couple of years. You're going to have to get him, before he turns 29 because when he turns 29 he becomes a free agent so it has to be something you're going to have to look at what the Braves are doing I don't think that he's going to take what what you what Jordan got I think he's going to demand a lot higher and a lot more right and that is basically what's going to happen the Astros are going to have to come off of the Astros way of doing things. If they don't want to lose yet another star, I think Tucker is one of those guys you actually go out there and you spend the money on. Um, so that's, that's what I think, Eric real quick. What do you think about that? And then I want to talk about Liam Hendricks.
1: Um, I say it's going to take a seven year, $200 million contract to get Kyle Tucker to sign. That's uh it's actually not going to be structured. They're going to have to buy out a couple of his, um, arbitration years. Um, but, uh, so it's not going to be, it's not going to be structured. Like he's not going to be paid the same, but based on AAV, that's going to be about 28 points 5 million per season. Mm. But in the later years, he's going to be getting about 36 million per season. Wow. So, um, I think it's going to take something like that for him to stay in Houston or else he's going to wait to see where he, he can uh, get that money. And here's my other question
0: before I transition into Liam Hendricks. If you sign Tucker, if you want to sign Tucker, do you also want to sign Javier and Valdez? But I think Javier gets done before Valdez. I think Valdez comes next. And then you got to see if you're willing to really pony up with Kyle Tucker. But recently, um, actually just released today, White Sox closer Liam Hendricks, um, revealed that he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he um, he sent out this statement. He said, recently I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's, I'm sorry, l- lymphoma. Hearing the word cancer came as a shock to my wife and I, as it does to millions of families each year. However, I am resolved to embrace the fight and overcome this new challenge with the same determination I have always used facing other obstacles in my life. My treatment begins tomorrow, and I am confident that I will make a full recovery and be back on the mound as soon as possible. I know with the support of my wife, my family, my teammates, and the Chicago White Sox organization, along with the treatment and, and care for my doctors, I will get through this. So there's no timetable for his return. It could be a couple months. It could be next season, but we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to Liam Hendricks, to his family, to the White Sox organization. Um, you you hate to hear about things like that. Um, we know we just recently had a player, Trey Mancini, who was diagnosed with cancer, recovered from it, and is right. still continuing a major league career. But I thought that was worthy of note for us to talk about something outside of the Astros um, sphere.
1: Okay, yeah. So thank you for bringing it up. And, guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. And uh, let's go and bring up our producer, Mark, up. And, uh, Mark, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So, yeah, guys, uh, for those of y'all tuning in, um, if you recognize me, it's because during the World Series run, I made a song about the the Astros, uh, kind of dissing the Yankees, and uh, did the whole World Series run. And it went viral. I was on the news. I was on this show. Uh, I perform at the World Series parade, and yeah. So now I'm joining the Locked On Nationals podcast to kind of you
1: know help behind the scenes, and
0: I really want to see this podcast thrive. We got a great audience. We got a great great host. So yeah, I look forward to growing with you guys. Hey, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, man. And um, we look forward to you, um, you know, add more stuff to our show. You gave us that that intro that is complete fire. I love it, and I just I just look forward to other. Um, Contribution, So um, thanks again for um, helping us out, man. Thank you, man. It's been, it's some, it's a lot of fun so far.
1: All right, guys. Thank you for making Lockdown Astros podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Go make sure you check out Mark Drew's content as well. And at some point, um, we're gonna get him to actually sing a couple of his songs on the podcast uh, during off season. And uh, guys, make sure you uh, listen to us on Apple, uh, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, wherever you check out your podcast. Go and make the Lockdown Astros podcast your first listen every day. Go stress.